Welcome to Re Myanmar Perspectives. In the early morning of 1st of February, something unexpected happened in Nidido, the capital of Myanmar. Just a few hours before the National Assembly was scheduled to convene, the national television announced that the state of emergency was declared and all three branches of government would be transferred to the military. This is a coup d'etat, which derails the country from its 10-year-long path of democracy. Welcome to Myanmar Perspectives. This is Tim Yamiton from Yale and U.S. College, and I'll be your host in this educational podcast. Here, we will discuss what has happened in Myanmar regarding the recent military coup from various perspectives, from constitutional to historical to political points of view. It has been more than two weeks since the military took over the power in Myanmar. State Councilor Do Aung San Suu Kyi, President U Wenmye, and many prominent political figures are still being detained. Hundreds of thousands of people are protesting against the military junta on the streets of Yangon, the largest city in the country, and in many other places as well. Thousands of civil servants, from doctors to school teachers to ministerial staff, refuse to go to work as part of the civil disobedience movement. But to decipher how current political developments have unfolded, we need to understand about the country first. Where is Myanmar located? How does its history go? What are its political systems? Today, my colleague Ko Aung-Josein and I will go over the country's brief geography and history and explain how its political systems work. Ko Aung-Josein, can you please introduce yourself as well? Yes, I am Aung Josin or Alfred, and we represent the youth of our country, Myanmar. Currently, as you know, my country is protesting, knowing the risks, and all my friends are staking their livelihood, their future, for the future of our country. Hence, we hope that through this podcast, our thoughts and messages are heard, and you can appreciate more of what is happening in Myanmar. Please do note that this podcast will be academic-based, so that it can cater more towards your left side of the brain. If you wish to do more for Myanmar, please do read up on what's happening in Myanmar and be on your toes as we bring you along the perspectives of us in Myanmar. Okay, Tamyen, hit me up with your first question. Alright, so first question. Can you please tell me a brief introduction of the geography of Myanmar? Alright, Myanmar is a Southeast Asian country sharing borders with China, India, Bangladesh, Thailand, and Laos. It is a country with over 54 million population being comprised of 135 ethnic groups. The capital is Nepido, while Yangon is the largest city with about 5 million population. Yes, go out, Jose. Uh, I'm aware that the recent military coup is not the very first time in the country's history. Can you tell me a bit more about the history of Myanmar? Myanmar gained independence from the British in 1948. Our Burmese military story started during the British colonial times, when the military was led by General Aung San, who is in fact Aung San Suu Kyi's father. We Burmese people felt that because of his leadership, it paved the way to our freedom. Hence. This signaled how our Burmese people looked up to the military, hence, and hence joined the military in the past. However, 
tough times emerged, and as the saying goes, you either die a hero or lo live long enough to see yourself become the villain. In 1962, the country was taken over by the military, establishing the Burmese way of socialism. Socialism collapsed in 1988 as a result of nationwide uprisings, but the military coup still won and successive military juntas ruled the country till 2010. But two years prior in 2008, the constitution was drafted by the previous military junta and later adopted, which allowed general elections to be held. Back then, Aung San Suu Kyi's National League of Democracy, also known as NLD Party, boycotted the constitution and did not take part in elections. As a result, the military-backed Union Solidarity and Development Party, or USDP, won the election and came into power in 2011. I see. Uh, I understand that the general election was once held by the military in 1990. Is the 2010 general election any different from the past military rules? Yes. This was the first time in nearly five decades the power was transferred from the military to the civilian party, even though the party winning party was still backed by the military. In 2012 by-elections, Aung San Suu Kyi herself won a seat in the parliament and entered the political scene. Within this period, more democratic rights, such as freedom of expression and right for assembly, were allowed. Sanctions were lifted and the economy boomed. The country opened its doors and slowly re-entered the international community. People were optimistic about the country's progress in its democratization process. In the 2015 general elections, Aung San Suu Kyi's NLD party won a landslide victory. In 2016, the power was successfully transferred from the military-backed USDP party to NLD party. This was considered as a peaceful transition to democracy. I see. But was the country really fully democratic? What is your perspective? Yes and no. Yes, because NLD won the election, they, could, they were given the opportunity to form a government. But the military still had vast control over national security and amassed 25% of the seats in parliament, or luto in our Burmese tongue. Furthermore, the constitution states that the president is the head of state, but in reality, he does not have power over armed forces, including the police force. The commander-in-chief, on the other hand, has total control over the armed forces and military personals, personals in the country. The commander-in-chief also has the authority to appoint ministers on his own will, such as the Ministry of Defense, Ministry of Border Affairs, and Ministry of Home Affairs. So, the democracy we had after 2015 is what you would call a disciplined democracy, where the military and civilian government works side to side with conditions. You mentioned that the military holds 25% of seats in the parliament. Does this have any significant implication on politics? Yes, it does. The constitution states that it could only be amended only if 76% of parliamentary members approved, but the civilian party could only obtain up to 75% of parliament even if it wins all attested seats, hence making them short of 1% for a constitutional change. The remaining 25% on the other hand are directly appointed by the commander-in-chief. 
This means the constitutions could not be amended without the consent of the military. I see. Thank you very much, Go Aung Jose, for sharing the context of Myanmar, which is very crucial to understand uh, what is happening in the country today. So, if you are more interested to know about Myanmar, we will be bringing in speakers in future sections who are more knowledgeable to talk widely about these topics in our podcast. We will be releasing a theme on recent political developments every week. Yes. Through this podcast, we hope this can clear your qualms and inquiries about Myanmar. If you wish to know more information about Myanmar, you can put your questions on our feedback forms and have a nice evening and selling you Myanmar perspectives from re-Myanmar perspectives. Have a nice day.